trình phát thanh dành cho đồng bào Việt Nam ở xa tổ quốc. Chương trình chương trình phát thanh cho, cho đồng bào Việt Nam. Chương trình chương trình dành cho đồng bào Việt Nam ở xa. Hey, welcome to the Hot Podcast, where Vietnam laughs with the world. I'm your host Nghĩa Mai. In our show, a group of Vietnamese comics discuss Vietnam-related topics with special guests who have chosen Vietnam to work, to travel, or to find their roots. So, how much do you guys know about the Kingdom of Wonder, Cambodia, or even the Cambodian comedy scene, or even a French comedy show in Cambodia? In this episode, we will meet our American friend, Sam Thomas, a staple of the Phen comedy scene who's been living in Cambodia for the last eight years. With Sam, we will learn how Cambodia is increasingly becoming an attractive destination for expats, as well as stories from the panel when they traveled it and performed it in Cambodia. Oniva. Susaday, bienvenue, welcome to a very special episode of the Hot Podcast. Yes, yeah, so it's going to be a very special episode, a very multilingual episode. Anyway, and uh, first of all, I'd like to introduce uh, to our, introduce you guys to our panelists. Uh, Returning, coming back, returning to us is first of all is the Belgian Punisher Huy Duan. Yeah. And the and Breaking Bad extra. Oh. Hi. And uh, <laughs> also joining us this week is our special guest. He say he's one. He's a stalwart on the Phnom Penh comedy scene and also around the region. Uh, he was described by the advisor as hilariously self-defacing clever comedy. Is the English teacher turned comedian extraordinaire Sam Thomas. Oh. Hey Look everyone, don't worry, I'm still teaching English. <laughs> That's good, never quit your day job. Don't quit your day, don't worry, I have a day job. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> good, um, right, so let's catch up for a bit. Uh, how are you guys doing? How things, COVID-wise, non-COVID-wise? Uh, yeah, it's going good. I just did grocery, you know, been eating noodles for the past week because I didn't have any grocery, so there's that. Is that virus, or is that just being a 20-something man? <laughs> yeah, you just have the metabolism for eating instant noodle for a whole fucking week. Nothing happens to you. It's just how it is, you know. Sometimes okay. I add egg in there just to give myself, you know, a little bit of extra protein. You know, noodle broth seems to sustain me just fine. Also, you could also add a bit of uh, cucumber. Uh, dude, I just Good told idea. you, I didn't do grocery for an entire week. I don't have any cucumber. I just have a fucking carton of instant noodle. <laughs> And some tap water, and that's what I've been living off for the last week. But but you did have but, cucumber, right? But because your girlfriend's been using. Well, she did have some cucumber. Yeah, my girlfriend. <laughs> I I didn't, you know. So there's that. <laughs> did she have to? Did she also have to like live on instant noodle like you? Oh yeah, she uh, she has to because I'm like I'm not going out to buy grocery yet. It's not the end of the week. I'm still working, so she had to deal with that. Yeah, one, one day she, she will probably go outside and buy a new boyfriend too, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, right, um, Hui, how about you? How, how are things in uh, Belgium? Oh, Belgium sucks right now. The, the numbers are rising again and like people yeah. don't really yeah, give a heck about... Yeah. I mean, it, this, this could be my last episode too, I don't know. Maybe something yeah. like that. Somebody might broke in and kill you and get your instant noodle stash. <laughs> Could be, yes. Could be. But at least, at least I used up all my cucumbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Sam, how are things in uh, PP? Uh, PP. PP? What the cool kids call Phnom Penh, in case you guys didn't know. Oh, yeah. P-Town. <laughs> P-Town. P-Town. That's a new one. Uh, things are all right in PP, in Phnom Penh. Yeah, some of the schools are back open. 
that's good. We we weren't hit too hard by the virus, or at least that was the official line. And yeah. Yeah. Why, why would they lie about that? So, <laughs> yeah. but things are quiet. We have no tourists in, at the moment because in order to come into the country, you have to pay a $2,000 deposit at the airport and then go to a hotel for quarantine. Uh, and if your test comes back negative, then the, they say they'll give you back your $2,000 deposit. But like, as I've been saying, the whole point of coming to Cambodia is that you, you can have a great time without ever having seen two thousand dollars in your entire life right? <laughs> how do you think i ended up here i came i came out with four hundred dollars and then just got a job teaching english i loved it that's what we do you can have a great time i mean i think they've made the cost yeah. you'll be fine yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're going for luxury tourism. Yes, that's the that's the aim. Is there anything luxury, you know, in Cambodia? I would not know. I'm wearing a tie I bought for a dollar at a Japanese thrift store. Okay, so I'm trying to look <laughs> fancy. <laughs> this shirt, my mom bought me this shirt when I was in high school. Okay. That's well, what... it still looks new, so <laughs> looks yeah, it looks fresh. Yeah, props on you, man. Thank you. Yes, thank you. I ironed it. it. Looks, you know, <laughs> still fits you. So that means that you know you've been keeping you know the body fat stuff down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lots of cucumber. We'll do that. Lots of <laughs> lots of cucumber. Staying off yeah. the instant noodle, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta you gotta have some green leafy vegetables, otherwise you get scurvy. Just this is just a public health public service announcement. It's not the 18th century where like you're on a fucking boat or something. You can't have access to like a, a slice of orange. You know, you're not exactly. gonna. Exactly. I'm know. just saying. Because I'm fine, guys. I'm healthy. You know. For that exact reason, it's gonna be all the more embarrassing if you get skirt. <laughs> oh. Oh snap. Uh, that's that's what I'm saying. You'll have sunken eyes, and your teeth will be falling out, and, and they'll be like, "Why? Why didn't you have leafy vegetables?" I just, I just, like, I just oh, put I on an eye patch and start talking like a pirate. I'll just, you know, like I'll just work with what I have. You know what I mean? Till I get the scurvy out of my system. <laughs> a yeah. Vietnamese pirate. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but yeah, but the message just eat your vegetable, kids. Eat your vegetables. Yeah. Yes. Eat your broccoli. Eat your cucumber. Whatever. Yeah. It, it your vegetables and the, the more phallic shaped it is, the healthier it is for you. <laughs> Carrots, radishes, cucumber, all of them. Radishes. Zucchini. <laughs> yeah, Radish. I was <laughs> if that oh. if, if that's shaped like your dick, you need to go to the doctor. I mean, go to insult though. You radish dick. Sweet um, potato. I mean, you know, some people's dicks are shaped like sweet potatoes. You know. Yeah. You know, Korean stick shaped like cherry tomatoes. Pointy. I don't know. <laughs> some of them, some of them are like fucking, you know, like chili. You know, like the tiny little chili. Like, it's okay. It's okay. There's variety. You know, no shame in that. You know. Oh. Right. Anyway, uh, speaking of um, chili dicks, um, we're just gonna move on to uh, our first section. Is uh, an idiot's guide to uh, Cambodia. I have one question, Nghĩ. Yes. If you ever marry a Cambodian girl, can you name your son Khmer Nghĩ Jr.? <laughs> Come on, man. Is uh, that a pun? Dude, that's a pun. Right, I forgot to, yeah, I forgot to tell, forgot to remind everybody, we have a zero pun policy on puns. If you do a pun, you might have to shut, you have to move yourself for one minute. Please. All right. Move yourself for one minute. You disgrace me. 
Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, our first session, an easiest guide to uh, Cambodia. Um, Sam, obviously you've been there for a while now. So what you can tell us obviously. about Cambodia? What, what do you need to know? Like, What do you need to know? Uh, do you mean like historically or? Um, just, uh, just, um, well, it's just some, just, uh, well, I mean, just a, maybe a bit of uh, historical context, but you know, most of, uh, mostly like what, what, what some can do and uh, what things to do, what things to see. Yeah, I, I've been in Cambodia for a long time, so long that I sometimes use uh, we and our to refer to Cambodia, which is confusing coming out of my mouth. Uh, Cambodia used to be, it's the Angkor Empire used to reach into Vietnam and into Thailand and into Laos. It was extensive back in the day. Yes. And the capital was Angkor, um, which is now called Siem Reap. And that's the main attraction for most visitors to Cambodia is to see these here ruins that we have proudly displayed on the flag. This, of yes. course, is Angkor Wat. Oh, yes. So a lot of we got a lot of visitors to Angkor Wat out here um, and other temples in that complex. But I think that there's still a lot to Cambodia that remains overlooked. In fact, I remember riding a night bus uh, to Siem Reap and spotting a tourist had a guidebook that was entitled Vietnam and Angkor Wat. Not, oh. not Vietnam and Cambodia, not even Ooh. Vietnam and Siem Reap, just this wonderful country of Vietnam and this one temple, but don't worry about the rest of that nation. There's so <laughs> much. Yeah. Again, I've been here. I feel this is my home. So I feel like, you know, I want to go to bat for Cambodia. I want to, I want to let people know that there are beautiful things to see in Cambodia. And, Definitely. you know, you will love, if you come here, the people will make such a good impression on you. They're so friendly <laughs> and so genuine and so welcoming of strangers. They're also very appreciative of any attempt at trying to learn or speak their language. It's the bar is so low for foreigners and they are so supportive of any rudimentary attempt at speaking their language. So if you show up, you can say which is the formal way of saying hello, or you can say which is like, we're, we're buddies. You know, we can, we can talk man to man. Uh, and then, you can say Akun, that's great. Akun means thank okay. you. Yeah. And Akun, and then Somto uh, means excuse me. You're going to get a lot of mileage out of that one. Somto means excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. So when you walk into someone's house wearing your shoes or, uh, you know, almost murder them with your motorcycle, all <laughs> <laughs> will be forgiven. All will be uh, forgiven. 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 I heard they have quite a big problem with Vietnamese, though. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's a sore point. I think that that view is, <clears throat> you encounter that less and less, the anti-Vietnamese sentiment. Uh, but I do, I do remember taking a stand in one of my classes once where mm -hmm. uh, there's uh, an anti-Vietnamese, you know, epithet but yeah. they call them yun yeah yeah mm -hmm. oh yeah, yeah so i was teaching my students the word yawn and they were like <laughs> right yeah. and they were jokingly going oh yun yun cha yun right and because ah, oh, so i i told them because uh i do i do have a friend who's half vietnamese and half my mm. loon it was loon oh, yeah. uh, oh. i told him like Hey guys, I have a friend who's uh, half Vietnamese, half Khmer, and she 
grew up in Vietnam, she really, her feelings are very hurt when someone calls her Yung. So you, you really ought to be using that word. And one of my students said, oh, teacher, don't worry. I would never call a Vietnamese person Yung. And I said, great. I was ready to go back to the lesson. And then he said, because I would never talk to a Vietnamese person. Oh, 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 oh. there you go. I was just like, okay, okay, okay. okay. Think about it. Right, maybe I'm not the one to be <laughs> telling them what to do. Yeah, I mean that—that's something that that I was—I I just pointed this out to a friend this week. Is I was saying, man, how patronizing is it that white people are surprised that other ethnicities are racist against one another? How, yeah. like, we don't, we, we are so, like, Western-centric that we, we don't think that racism would have occurred to them. We're like, what? We invented that. How come? <laughs> <laughs> we claim that. It's ours. We, 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 we like, racism is like, it's like the bow and arrow. Pretty much everybody figured it out. They all had yeah. their own version of it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, who, who told them about racism? I thought it was just us versus everybody else. <laughs> But uh, yeah, right. there's some anti-Vietnamese sentiment. There's some there's some anti-Thai sentiment. Yeah. But the understanding I have is that it's not mutual. Oh, like I've had mutual. friends. Yeah, I, I don't I don't have any hate for Cambodians. You know, I don't. I love them. I'm full of everybody that knows me knows that I'm full of love <laughs> and positivity. <laughs> you know. I mean, if you're thinking that tone, I you really can't see why not. Yeah. Yeah. With the side comb hair, like the emo hair, <laughs> you know, I'm full of love. I'm full of love, man. Of I love everybody. That really helps. Yeah. I'm full of love and positivity for all. <laughs> but um, but yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, Sam, for some of those like interesting uh, trivia. Sam, do you see a lot of guys, you know, like they try to write in Khmer to ask for money for, from the locals, so that they could give them the money and then they could uh, tra keep traveling all across Asia like we have in Vietnam. You mean you mean backpackers? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. backpacking hasn't caught on here to the extent that it has in Bangkok. Ooh. But I literally on my way home from dinner to come and speak to you, I saw a handsome white foreigner holding up a cardboard sign that was that had writing in Khmer on it. And it was a really weird predicament because I really wanted to tell him, like, dude, by by merit of having traveled out here from wherever it is that they make white people, right? That means that, <laughs> right? Just the fact that your honky ass is here in Phnom Penh, that means you have more money than 90% of the people at this yeah. red light. And I really wanted to yell at him, but the problem is that uh, I, can't, I can't read Khmer, so... So you can't. <laughs> I, I don't know what his sign says. Right. But then I thought, well, neither does he. Right. I can still give him a piece of my mind. He wouldn't be able to argue any differently. I'm just imagining like, like how, how good looking in this guy. Like how... Right. They would have been like, wow, I just saw two white boys fighting over a sign that said honk if you love rice. Like I, <laughs> I knew they were really into bread, but I didn't know that they hated rice to that extent. <laughs> <laughs> the blows. Oh, all these yeah. white people. So it's, I guess we do have some uh, bag packers here, but it's usually, it's it's usually, you, if you see a, a white devil asking for money out here, it's usually because of drugs or alcohol or yeah. mental women. illness. Yeah. Women, may, yeah, maybe even women. 
that's the thing is that you know it is so much vice available out here and it's so inexpensive and the fact that you can i mean they've just changed the visa laws but for a long time i still can reapply for a visa from within the country at least because i'm employed here i don't have to do a visa run over the border if, if oh, i want to stay here the so it's easy closed to, now right what's that the borders, the borders are closed, closed. yeah oh shit. yeah 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 uh, we are getting international, you can, people can fly in, but you have to pay the deposit, you have to quarantine. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We can't travel over the border to Vietnam or Thailand, and I think Laos is all closed. Yeah. But the thing is that this is, you can kind of default into Cambodia, right? Like, you can start off in a place like Vietnam or in Thailand where they have really strict visa regulations, and then you can, you can kind of just end up in Phnom Penh and it's not too much of a hassle. You can easily get a visa, easily renew that visa. There's a lot of work available for people who are willing to pretend to teach English. And <laughs> and like I said, there's very, very inexpensive uh, drugs of all kinds and uh, alcohol and prostitution. So we get people begging, but it's usually because this is the this is kind of the end of the road for them. You know, they oh, might have yeah. started off in, in Thailand, in Myanmar even, in Vietnam, and then ended up here getting close to the end of their tether. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Rock bottom. Definitely, yeah. Rock bottom. Yeah. Rock bottom. Rock bottom. We joke that like for me, like like beer is cheaper than water at a lot of establishments. You can get a beer for fifty cents, but if you want a bottle of water, it's a dollar. What the you fuck? Know? Yeah, so it even incentivizes drinking over not drinking. Like for me, I don't drink, and there's no deals on soft drinks during happy hour. So I've joked to my friends that really it would behoove me to just buy a cocktail and then uh, just smuggle in like a hip flask full of soda water and just, <laughs> you know, just dump out. You know, my tequila sunrise into a plant and just fill it up with soda water, right? Uh, yeah. Be like, sir, you are way too sober. Yeah. Like, we have to cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> can, I have a, uh, vodka, can I have a vodka coke? Hold a vodka. Yeah, yeah. That's what I should. Yeah. That's brilliant. I'll just do that. <laughs> but it, it is possible that the bartender will just be like, I, I don't think we can do that. That's not on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> Show me your money first. Money first. You know, just just be more Karen, you know, about it. You know who I am, you know. Uh, um, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> I wanna to speak to the manager. I wanna to speak to the manager. <laughs> oh. Oh, you do get you do get those types out here. You do get those yeah. types. Yeah. So um, what does yeah. uh what does the Bouivian equivalent of uh Phnom Penh looking like right now? Like just it's just dead, empty. All of the businesses are closed. Are they still open? But there's not a lot of visitors. We do have a few hostels, yeah, a few backpacker hostels, but it's just tumbleweeds at the moment. Like some of them have ceased up operations entirely. So one of them I know is trying to rebrand uh -huh. as hmm. uh, a more upmarket version of itself to try and attract uh expatriates yeah. to their establishment there have always been expats going there just uh now that there are no you know 19 to 24 year old 
uh, backpackers there, they're, they're a lot less interested, right? <laughs> it's a bit of a classier establishment now because of that. Yeah, that's right. Right? Yes. They're uh, trying to they're trying to class it up and get get expats coming back coming back in. But uh, yeah, most of the stuff that used to appeal to tourists, the riverside as well, oh, is yeah. just oh, deserted. Um, I don't know about the the girly bar district. I don't mm -hmm. spend a lot of time over there, but or you just forgot. Maybe you just forgot the whole thing. You just drink too much. He just wants to forget. Uh, to as far as I know, <laughs> never too much coke. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Speaking of like uh, girly bars, um, so obviously all of us have been in Cambodia at some point in our lives. Um, so it'd be cool if we all could share like some of the fondest memory, or well, fondest memory in both. Fondest. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, Cambodia. Um, so we're just gonna start with uh, you, Sam. Um, so obviously you live in Cambodia for a while now. Um, what was it like when you first arrived as a very naive, very Caucasian American? <laughs> Very, thank you. That is how I identify it. Very Caucasian. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was, it was wild. When I first got here, yeah, I was 22 years old. It was 2012. I'm 30 now. I, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. 22 well, years old. Sidebar thing about Cambodia is we only really, we don't really have seasons here. You guys, you guys are from Vietnam. I come from the Northeast of Massachusetts in the United States where we have four very well-defined seasons, winter, summer, fall, spring. I remember it all good. Here, it just feels like one really long summer. It's impossible for me to keep track of time here, right? Like, I, I joke that they say, how long have you been here? And I'd be like, oh, I've been here all summer long. But isn't it crazy that we celebrated Christmas seven times this summer? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I, you lose track of time. And when I first got here, it was a lot more difficult to live here than it is now. Life has gotten a lot more comfortable here. But back then, uh, there's you no McDonald's or? Yeah, yeah, there's still no McDonald's. So we're still oh. living in the dark ages. There was no, there was one Burger King at the airport. Oh, and yeah. like we would, I remember when my parents came to visit in 2013, my friend was like, oh, I'll come with you to pick them up. And then I can go to Burger King. It was like an occasion. <laughs> oh, it was a treat. <laughs> it was wild. It was, uh, it was, we didn't have service departments like we do now. We didn't have that many businesses catering to Westerners. Or if we did, it was catering to more of the retiree end of the spectrum. So we had a few. Oh. It was a lot of kind of crusty old taverns. And, and then at the opposite end of the spectrum, there were uh, really trashy nightclubs. So you, you, you either went to a, a tavern with a bunch of 75-year-old men or you went to a nightclub uh, to get harassed by sex workers or you just went to a house party that's what it was in 2012 when i moved here i was the youngest person i knew in in phnom penh at that time i think now it's become much more common for people in their young 20s to come out here because as i've said it's it's become a lot easier we have a lot of a lot more businesses catering to young you know 20s mid 20s mid 30s uh, uh expats a lot more hipster craft brewery vibes oh, going on now that oh. we didn't have before. There was... <laughs> you guys are physically cringing at that. Well, yeah. well, I mean, it's happening the same in Vietnam as well. It's the uh, same in Vietnam, but... It's the same. It's like a ripple effect. You know? Yeah. 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 
It's because the beer it's tastes nicer. They they feel justified to charge you three, four, you know, times the original price of a fucking canned beer. I don't like. I that. mean, I'm yeah, yeah. That that that's one place where actually the the water is cheaper than the beer. I've found. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fortunately. Yeah. Fortunately. Fortunately, we didn't have we didn't have ride hailing apps back then. We didn't have Grab. We didn't have Uber. We didn't have Pass app is the really popular one now. So if you wanted to get somewhere, you either had to ride there on your bicycle, ride there on your motorcycle, or you had to get a ride from a tuk tuk or a moto duck motorcycle taxi. Yeah. And the problem problem was that most of these guys had moved in from the provinces. They couldn't read maps, didn't know the street names or the street numbers. So what you had to do is you had to basically tell them the nearest what school or brothel to where you were going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take me to uh, you know that. Uh, yeah, take me to that restaurant near uh, Madame's like Chan place. Right, I used to I used to <laughs> moonlight at the law school. I'll be I'll be giving classes at the law school. I'll be like, yeah, please take me to the law school. And they'd be like, I'm sorry, I've never heard of that. And be like, okay, you know Rock Club? They'd be like, oh yeah, jump on. That <laughs> <laughs> was Rock Club. Actually, recently got shut down for drugs. They uh, it was they raided the place. They raided the place. Mm-hmm. It was prostitution and drugs next oh, next shit. door to the law school. It was hugely oh. embarrassing. Well, surprising for law in students. Vietnam, like the the original observatory was like right opposite. It was like near the dock, that right opposite to like the law school in District Four. And uh, yeah, I would I would point that out all the fucking time to my classmates. They're like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Because I've never been clubbing before." So the observatory. Yeah, observatory. That's what that, that's what they they call the club. And uh, a lot of people, they, uh, you know, they go in there, they took MD, you know, or, or, or whatever fucking shit they got off the streets. And then they just go in there, dance, pass out, just lie on the floor. It was a dark dance floor, you know, until the sun rises and then they go home. It's observatory. I mean, what do you know about all this stuff so well? Like, uh... so I went once. I went, I went when I was, uh, let's see, it was, it was three months before I started uh, drop out of law school. I went there. And it was like, oh shit, it's like right opposite to the fucking law school. This is kind of ironic. <laughs> and then you drop out of law school. Uh, yeah, well, after that. I told you the story, didn't I? Got a law professor, you know, liked me a little bit too much, more than just a student. <laughs> and uh, he was offering that, hey, you know, if uh, you let me suck your dick, read grades for the entire year. And then after that, I was like, yo, fuck this shit. I don't want to do law school anymore. Yeah. You're like, that was too easy. I want that to was too easy. On a live life on hard mode. <laughs> Is that too easy or too hard? Because for me personally, sucking it, like, you know, letting my dick suck by a man is a bit too hard to do. Right. I don't know. It's all down to preferences. I, I think that's why these days you don't need any more protein, right? Because you already got enough from your law yeah. school term. Yeah, I already oh, got Oh, my God. Already it was the uh, other way around, yeah. Hui. It was the other way around. <laughs> Protein. Anyway, um, yeah. so um, you know, Hui, um, obviously, um, you've been to Cambodia like for comedy and stuff. Yes. Uh, so, what was your fondest memory of Cambodia? Oh yeah, I remember. I, I remember that time when uh, I was on uh, a comedy tour and. I was on a taxi with the you, Sam. Do Do you remember that time? And then, like the Cambodian taxi driver, like he was just talking to you in Khmer, and he was just talking to you about me. And then, and then you told the taxi driver, like, like, uh, because the the taxi driver asked you, like, where 
do I come from? And then you, oh, told, shit. And then you told the taxi driver that, yeah, he, he comes from Laos. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that time? And then, and then you just lean back and turn to me and then, and then you just told, don't tell people here that you're from Vietnam. <laughs> oh, man. oh, oof. I don't, I, yeah, that sounds like something I would do. Yeah. Lao, that's safe. They're just like, huh? You know, where they, they're pretty chill. <laughs> Well, yeah, I don't think we have any anti-Laotian sentiment here. So, yeah, that's why I chose that one. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you just have like a book of racism just to make sure, okay, this guy, yeah, maybe Laos. That's right. That's right. <laughs> What's the, what is the least offensive uh, racial group? Oh, the Laotian. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I could have just said Canada. Oh, he's Canadian. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of racist to me to be like, oh, it must be another Asian nation. I can just be like, oh, they have Canadians of all different sizes, shapes, colors, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, also, if, if we speak with his accent, you'd be like, yeah, he's from Quebec. You know, Quebec. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was told, I was told that, uh, I was advised by a Canadian. They said, oh, if someone asks you, if you want to stop, pretend you're not American, which actually, it's, Good idea, guys. Uh, <laughs> if you want to pretend not to be American, you want to say you're from Canada, she said, you should tell them you're from Winnipeg. And I was like, oh, do I look like a guy from Winnipeg? Do they all have, you know, big noses and long dicks? And she said, no. Uh, nobody would lie about being from Winnipeg, so it's safe. So, <laughs> good to know. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, what about uh, you folks? What about you folks? Uh, what's your favorite fondest memory of Cambodia? Uh, you really want to share that? Yeah, I, I really want to share that. So I've only been to Cambodia twice. Um, first time was with a, a comedian friend, Keithy. And then we saw Sam there too. You know, we met up with Sam there. And the second time was, uh, I was, I was traveling with, uh, uh, one of my friends, Jock, and we went to Koh Rong. Uh, fondest memories, uh, Cambodia is, uh, the first time I went there. So, uh, I, I think I was like 18, 19 back then. Uh, still very, very clueless, very, very naive, you know, about, yeah. about the world. Not like yeah. now. Not like now. I'm, uh, I'm a bit more jaded now. Ish. I don't from know. From law man. school, right? From law. Yeah, from law school, you know? From oh. the whole, like, hey, let me suck your dick. Gay for, gay for grades, man. Gay for grades. Is that a pun? I'm sorry. No, yeah, no, it's okay, it's okay. Just, okay, okay. You can move yourself once you stole your story. Okay. So, <clears throat> I was still a virgin back then, and, uh, my, uh, my friend Keithy, you know, he's like, yeah, just go to Cambodia and have fun, you know, we'll, we'll smoke a bunch of weed, you know? And, uh, we'll, we'll eat some, we'll eat some mushroom. Actually, the mushroom I snuck in from myself from Vietnam. You know, <laughs> pro tip guys, you know, if anybody want to smuggle drugs, you know, you buy one of those knee protection pads and then you just put your drugs in there and then you just walk through the scan just fine. Or you double layer your, you know, underwear and you stick the drugs in there. That's all, that also works, you know, so it's pro tip. As well. Right. First time I've ever been outside of a fucking, you know, of Vietnam and I'm already smuggling drugs. So <laughs> fun time, fun time. So when we got to Phnom Penh, wow. right, we did what we, we set out to do. Uh, just, you know, fucking have fun, lounge around, eat a bunch of shit, smoke a bunch of weed. We went to that weed bar. I don't know what it's called. And then like Keithy let me smoke this, uh, it's like, it's kind of like an Amsterdam dispensary. And he let me smoke this, this strain of weed and he called it Jumanji weed. And the reason that he called it Jumanji weed is like, you know, once you smoke it, it fucks up your entire life, you know, cause it was that strong. 
So fucking Jumanji weed. So we did that. And then I think on the, on the third day, uh, I dropped a tab of acid and, uh, me and Keithy were going around. He's like, yeah, let's go to, let's go to the lady bar. And I was like, what the fuck? You know? And so we went to the lady bar. Right. And then he, uh, he started talking to another girl. I was just sitting there, like being like, you know, like surrounded by girls. I don't think of them as girls, like fucking predators, you know? <laughs> He's like eyeballing me. So that was pretty scary. And then I didn't talk to anybody. And then one girl talked to me. He's like, you want to buy me a drink? You know, in really bad English. And I, I bought her a drink. And then, you know, I was like, oh, shit, I'm a virgin. And then I turned around to find the keepiest left with a girl. So now here I am all alone, bar full of ladies, which who, who probably are all sex workers. And uh, one of them was like, yeah, you want to take me home? And then, uh, you know, I was like, OK, you know, and then I I, uh, I paid the bar tabs and all of that shit. And then I took her home and then she's like, oh, well, uh, it's going to be a hundred dollars. And then, uh, well, I didn't have a hundred dollars. I spent it all on weed and food. So, uh, I just, I was just like, yeah, you know what? I was just going to hang out here. And, uh, eventually, you know, I have $25 in my pocket. And I was like, okay, this is getting too depressing for me. I'm just going to, just going to pay her 25 bucks to get the fuck out of my hotel room. <laughs> uh, I cried a little bit. Oh. Yeah. And then I went to sleep and then Keithy came back and I told her, yeah, I took her to like, you know, my hotel room is like, you never take a hooker to your hotel room. Well, you should have told me this before. You see. I'm, I, I thought that you're supposed to be the one that takes care of me, but you left with a fucking hooker. That's you know? child abandonment right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was really bad, you know. But, uh, hey, fondest memory of fucking Cambodia. It's like, Keith, he's like, you see, you, you looked into the abyss and it looked back at you and you pay it $25 to get the fuck out of your room. Oh man, I can laugh yeah. about it now, but you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so fuck, uh, you can mute yourself now. Uh, you can cry during that time. Oh, oh, absolutely, <laughs> gladly. Thank you. <laughs> Keep talking, guys. I love you. Oh wow, that was a coming of age tale. It was great. Yeah. He didn't uh, lose his virginity, but he he did become a man. I think he, that's a that's a very yeah. sad story. <laughs> About Cambodia, like you, you, you didn't get robbed. No, no one raped you. <laughs> That's not fun. Yeah, I love how we were just unpacking anti-Vietnamese sentiment, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, so anyways, I smuggled drugs into that country, and then <laughs> I cry in the hotel room. Didn't have sex. Oh my gosh, uh, he is right. They are, I, they are quite. Let me, let me qualify this first, okay? He's. I, my friend of mine had a, a music open mic. That's, that's how I get most of my stage time here in Cambodia is going mm. to music open mics. Uh, as I've explained, you know, the qualifications for getting on stage, it's not being talented. It's whether or not, uh, you can be trusted to give the mic back after you're done with it. So that's, that's the criteria for getting on in Phnom Penh. A lot of the music open mic hosts, they know me, they like me because they know that they can, I will guard the mic for 10 minutes while they go out and smoke a joint, right? The, all the musicians <laughs> want to get high. I don't do that. So they're like, perfect. Well, then you tell jokes and whoa, don't get fucked up, right? So one of my friends, Dave, Dave said, he told me, oh, Sam, I got, uh, I got this new, uh, musical mic going on at Oscar downstairs. Do you want to come out? And I said, yeah, of course I do. And I turned up and it turned out it was, an absolute girly bar. It was just wall to wall ladies. It's, and it is quite, quite an uncomfortable, quite an overwhelming situation. 
to be in there because that's that's not my cup of tea. Um, that's not how I like to spend my time or my money. But it's but it's true that they're very hot. So it's, <laughs> it's, you're like that. I, so all I could do, I just remember just writing ceaselessly in my notebook because I figured out this is a pro tip is if you're if you find yourself in a girly bar and you don't actually want to talk to any of the women there if you just write and give off leave me alone vibes they will leave you alone so that's what i ended up doing and uh i did i did do a set there um i don't think it went over for oh you know what i did <laughs> i ended up getting on stage doing a set i got up on stage i said wow there's a lot of couples in here tonight how about how long you been together? I just played dumb. I was just like, man, I didn't realize that this was the spot to take your 19-year-old Cambodian girlfriend on oh. a Sunday night. <laughs> oh, that's great. Who am I to tell? I'm single, right? <laughs> yeah, there's an age difference, but like, I bet you know this guy. I bet he can cook, right? And this guy, I bet he can be emotionally available without needing a microphone and a bunch of drunk people. I was just projecting my insecurities onto them. <laughs> Sam, uh, a lot of people uh, do a lot of people in the United States know that you are a stand-up comedian in Cambodia because like I know like, I know like a lot of Americans do not know about the Americans bombing in uh, Cambodia so like do they oh well he's white so they forget they forgive him you know we well, move so. yourself yeah 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 no you're right they don't know about it they don't know that we dropped more ordnance on uh, <laughs> Cambodia than we did in the, uh, in the entirety of World War II. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's, wow. He's coughing. He he just made himself laugh until he got it. We got like three puns oh. in this one episode. Like the first three episodes, we never get any puns. so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We should all be getting on his level. That's, that's where it's, beautiful. it's at. Beautiful. Um, anyway, as I was thinking of so, like comedy, um, since we're gonna move to our next uh, to section, is which is the main topic uh, for this episode. Um, so it's about you. Uh, so it's about your experience about you your experience doing stand up in French in Cambodia. That's right. Yeah. So what happened was we had a French comedian come to visit Cambodia. Sort of like in that episode that suggested that there's that Cambodia is still very French. Um, that that may be a bit misleading. Yeah. There's, you know, I have been able to, I speak French, I studied French at school, right. and I've only ever used my French to speak with landladies, right? Like, uh, <clears throat> the younger generation doesn't speak it unless they study medicine in France. So, it's not very French here. I joke that, uh, you know, we dropped most French customs like they were a bad habit, because most of them were. Right. <laughs> so, but there is there is a bit of a French community here. They tend to keep to themselves very much. They there are certain spots that they really enjoy and they really love, but they they tend to only live with each other and they they inhabit just a completely different sphere from the other foreigners in Phnom Penh. So I was, but we do have one French comedian in the Phnom Penh comedy scene. A guy named Fred Mace. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. he did comedy in English, but we were contacted by this venue that wanted to bring out a French comedian named Pierre Tevenu, and they asked if we had any francophone comedians 
that they could borrow for the evening, basically. They were like, oh, what if we slapped some other comedians onto this and made it into a show? So Fred was like, sure, yeah, I'll do my material in French. And I said, sure, yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. And I went through and yeah, I, uh, I have here typed copy of my set in French. Ooh, I was. Très trop, très trop. <laughs> C'est trop, oui. Il y a beaucoup, beaucoup de blagues. Beaucoup de blagues. Beaucoup de blagues. And so, many jokes. Uh, many jokes, yes. For those of you who uh, don't speak French, uh, <laughs> there are many jokes there. And <laughs> it was it was, a, it was definitely a creative challenge. I was up for it. I was gunning for it. Because I had, at that point, I had attempted to do stand-up in Khmer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, basically, I was <clears> at a music open mic. And the only people there were Kamai. And so I went up and did my jokes in Kamai as best I could. And they definitely thought it was funny that a, that a Barang, that a Westerner was speaking Kamai. That was that, right? Yeah. And, uh, and the rest of them just kind of, the rest of the time, they just kind of waited for me to sing a song. They did. <laughs> <laughs> Where's this guy start singing? Why is he like, doing wow, a speech? A really long intro here. Uh, when is this announcement going to be over so that he can sing for us? <laughs> so, so, yeah. And, you know, a lot of the comedians I admire are guys who are very multilingual, right? Like, I remember yeah. Eddie Izzard, for one. Oh, yeah. You know, he, he's done stand-up in different languages. And I've I've been into him for a long time. I think I watched A Dress to Kill on my 16th birthday with my oh, friend Chapel, sure. right? Nice. So I've really been into that for a long time. Another uh, comedian I've long admired here in Southeast Asia is Jonathan Atherton. Oh, and oh yeah. Like on my first comedy trip outside of Cambodia, I went down to Kuala Lumpur and uh, performed alongside him. He gave me some really good advice. And I just, I just thought he was fantastic. He's, he speaks so many different languages, at least like a little bit here, a little bit there. Yeah. And he uses that in his set to such great effect. And so I, and I still do think that, you know, it's a really, it's, it's a really cool exercise Definitely, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to do stand up in another language to try and tackle these other languages in yeah. your, in your comedy. I mean, obviously you need to understand the cultural context and you need a lot of globalism right, to get people, uh, you know, enticed. Um, so what yeah. was it? That, yeah. Wasn't that like a challenge when you try to translate your set into French? Well, the thing is that doing comedy in Cambodia, it, it has always been a matter of figuring out what are the universals. Mm. You know, we've always had such an international crowd at our English language shows that you can't rely on just uh, cultural tropes or references from American culture. That would never work. So a lot of my jokes revolve around just things that a lot of people have experienced. Yeah. And things that a lot of people have experienced in <clears throat> Cambodia. So I have a lot of jokes about, about life as a foreigner in Cambodia. So yeah. I was able to, I wasn't so worried about what would be culturally lost on the, on the French people. Cause I know that we're all watching the same thing here. We're all living in, in Phnom Penh, in PP or, uh, yeah, what they say? PP town. Yeah, so I knew that we had some shared context there, and uh, and some of my some of my jokes are just about cultural misunderstandings. So uh, the the real the it the work 
that I had to put in really was in which jokes can I select that I think the the punchline isn't just a play on words hmm. and which which jokes yeah can I translate which ones can I explain in French yeah so it was mostly it was a lot of I a lot of just translating my jokes really yeah. Yeah, and choosing which ones were relevant, pertinent to the occasion. Mm. I wrote a few for the night, which uh, one of which was we were at an outdoor venue called Les Bouchons, beautiful old French colonial house that's been turned into a wine bar. And, uh, you know, I said, like, oh, I've never seen so many French people all in one place here in Cambodia. It's a show you never left. <laughs> oh! <Right? laughs> oh! <laughs> Ah, he knew, right? Another one I did was like, oh, this is this is a usually this is a beautiful garden. Tonight, just one giant ashtray, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, oh. Ooh. flambe! Oh. <laughs> oh, so we did. The biggest thing for me is I was so intimidated by the prospect of doing comedy <laughs> for French people in French, right? Because my and there's this stereotype of French people that they're so cold to people who try to speak their language. Like oh, yeah. my mom, my mom was in France in the seventies and she went into a shop and asked for a small green traveler's clock. But, uh, horloge is, is clock and orage yeah. is thunderstorm. So she, she missed, mixed up those two words. She said small green traveler's thunderstorm. And she said, the shop attendant just turned and walked away. He was just like, he knew what she was trying to say, but he was like, fuck you. Right? <laughs> you can't, if you can't speak my language properly, I don't want your money was yeah. basically the wow. sentiment. So I was really intimidated. I was really worried about how they would react. But I think just like the way, you know, American stereotypes don't apply to the diaspora, or maybe some of them don't apply at all. I didn't get that from the French people there. I felt like they were very much like, uh, oh, very chill. Like, yeah. very chill, very like, oh, good on you for, for making an effort to try and- it Must be all that happy pizza, man. Maybe that's it. <laughs> happy pizza, maybe happy pizza, wine. Happy pizza, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bit of happy pizza, were, little bit of wine. Yeah. So it was, it was not what I had expected. I was expected, I was expecting a much more hostile, I psyched myself up for this, this audience that was going to be really hostile towards me. But the feedback I got was that they really enjoyed my jokes and my mm. observations. And they thought it was, they said, I spoke very cute French. I spoke very <laughs> like textbook, like old, old timey. It's raining cats and dogs. French, yeah. Right? Je of food. Yeah. <laughs> Je m'appelle Sam. J'habite à Pipi. Yeah. <laughs> Ça fait des lustres que je n'ai pas parlé français. Oh. <laughs> it has been ages since I spoke French. Je m'appelle so, Pipi. Yeah. J'adore le pizza heureuse. <laughs> That's good. Um, anyway, so, and uh, obviously, uh, we, um, have you done, uh, Com comedy in Incent in other languages besides English? Yeah, I did some uh, gigs in Vietnam, yeah, in Vietnamese as well. Yeah. It's okay, it's weird though. <laughs> but you don't say this pun, you did puns in, uh, in German. Yeah, uh, no, I, yeah, I only, I, I only know, like, I, I could write a one, but yeah. 
I, I could uh, understand some German humors. I think that the, the Germans there's there, none. Yeah, I I think the Germans have some humors there, but mm-hmm. I think uh, the the stereotype of Germans not being funny. I think it's just uh, propaganda for me <coughs> to stop their citizen from coming to Germany for a better health care. Yeah. You know, it's very true. Yeah, comedians are probably some of the least healthy people on earth, right? They're like, yeah. oh, <laughs> tell them we don't laugh. Tell them we don't laugh. We, we can't afford to have them getting free health care while they're having Laughter is the best medicine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, like, yeah, it's quite funny because I, I did like, I don't know, I think I, did, I told a joke in Italian once uh, when I was living in, uh, in Edinburgh. So I was doing the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, right? And uh, I did a gig at like two in the, in, in the morning. So anything goes. Um, and, you know, in the audience, there was like a couple of Italian people. So I did a bit of crowd work on them. So initially what I said was uh, something like, uh, Buonasera, sono stronzo. So which translates to, good evening, I am an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Great yeah, crowd. Yeah, Great crowd. Only... Like, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I don't like you. <laughs> yeah, that, that Chinese guy. Yeah, we, the Chinese are mad. <laughs> Yo, actually, oh. I, I got an Italian pun that I really want to try. Uh, what do you call a guy who runs a mafia company? I don't, uh, I don't know. A CEO. Oh! I think that's another minute of mute, muting for you. <laughs> I think, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, uh, I think we're gonna have to ban you for the next episode. Uh, <laughs> Wait, hold on, guys. I gotta, I gotta pee real quick. Okay, keep talking. Yeah, Fubu is going to pee town now. I'm going to get banned anyway, so. <laughs> oh my god. At the moment, I am working on doing another set in Khmer. So, uh, yeah, I think with what I'm hoping to do is, you know, now that I'm, I am doing this uh, lockdown clowns, the yeah. Zoom open mic that I, each of you have been on. Uh, I realized that, you know, I could do stand up in Khmer just by getting some of my Cambodian friends into a Zoom chat and then just do it that way, put it on Facebook without bothering to get a venue yeah. and advertising it and everything. And then just kind of see what, if anything comes of that. Yeah. But at the moment, I'm just the same way I do it, my English language comedy, just trying to write a little bit every day. And, uh, trying to study a little bit every day and seeing what, what stories my tutor thinks are funny. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a great way to test out but, comedy but, material. Uh, but is that yeah, with an audience that you are paying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, but is there like a Kamai comedy scene in Numpan? Like, there, there, there is, but it's very, it's much more vaudeville than stand up. Oh, yeah. So it's very, it's a lot of, uh, you know, cry, oh, I'm a man dressed as a woman. There's a lot of, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cross dressing. Stage makeup, variety show. A lot of cross dressing. Crap falls. Yeah. Yeah. It's more like sketch comedy. Yeah. But, and you know, slapstick. Every time, yeah. Yeah. It's more slapstick. That's right. Yeah. But, you know, every time a couple gets married, like it's part of a traditional the order of events is one of one of the things you do is you hire a comedian or a comedy duo to do like a little oh. double act at your wedding to entertain your guests so there's definitely people doing comedy it's just not not exactly the comedy that we're comedy. used to yeah. yeah yeah but um yeah well at funerals in vietnam we uh we we would hire a cross-dresser to come and sing karaoke you oh, know yeah. traditions like, 
I mean, we go way back. The karaoke. It goes way back. Like, no, I mean, at funerals or like uh, whatever big occasion it is, they always hire like a fucking lady boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Here and sing karaoke. And then they just a get lady boy or just a transvestite? Maybe both. I, maybe like, some lady boys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure some of them have penises. Yeah, I'm yeah, pretty, yeah. yeah. And then so your like, your your sleazy drunk uncle would like be like, yeah, like put money in her fucking cleavage. Her fake ass cleavage, put it in there. Yeah. I've seen that happen. And it's usually like at at the funeral, you know, like even though the dead body is already stiff, you know, and they still. Yeah, you know, there you go. Look at Sam right now. Look at his fucking reaction to this. Um, it's normal for us. None of us, none of us are surprised by this. Look at you. <laughs> no, I was like, what was going on about this? I was like, this sounds like a highly specific childhood trauma right here. And you guys were just like. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's what usually happens. Yeah. That's how it goes usually down. happens. I mean, I mean that explains law school. Yeah. Yeah. That explains law school. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, um yeah, so that's uh that's all for today. Uh, that's all for today. Uh thank you so much to our panelists and also uh, Sam. Uh oh, you, you want to you. uh you want to plug anything, Sam, before we go? Oh just uh what do I want to plug? Yeah, check out Lockdown Clowns Comedy Open Airbrush. It's every Tuesday night at seven thirty. Uh, but that's Phnom Penh time, UTC plus seven. Yeah. So come check it out. It's on, if you go to the Comedy in Cambodia Facebook page, you can find our live stream there. Yeah. Hit me up if you want to do a set. Yeah, maybe. 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 maybe, right. maybe. Yeah. Do it, folk. Do it, folk. It's what? amazing. Do it. What? Do it? Yes, do it. Yeah, do, do it. One set. Do it, man. Yeah. Do it. Just do, do it. it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm being peer pressured, but okay. All right, I mean, so we're not just we're not your professor, so it's fine. It's not law school, uh, man. Don't worry. It's not law school. Do it. Just do it, man. <laughs> uh, all right, now, guys. Let me be clear. I'm not offering to suck your dick. Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I've heard from many, many credible sources that you have a very, very long penis. I wouldn't want to suck your penis either, sir. Your girlfriend told you that? No. <laughs> no. This is from this is from somebody. I don't know where you heard that. I'm just shocked because it's true. <laughs> I'm just like, how did he know? Who? I've heard, I've heard from some uh, some very credible sources that you have a very long penis, like a horse cock. So I'm like, oh god. Every time I look at you now, I can't look at you the same after I heard that information anymore. I hope it's not from. I'm that sorry, movie, Sam. Right? <laughs> I, I hope now everybody from, knows. Uh, Dan Riley. No? Thank you. No, this is this is great. I'm just. <laughs> Your reputation precedes you, sir. It reaches as long as his dick. <laughs> <laughs> Your it reputation precedes you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yikes! All right, guys. Guys, I love right. you guys. It's been a pleasure. Right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Right. Thank you so much, Sam. Lockdown. Thank you for having us. I love you. So bye. Love you, Sam. Bye. Bye. See you guys again. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't hesitate to follow our social media for updates and other cool stuff. If you like what you have heard, be one of our patrons on Patreon for exclusive contents. And to keep this hub up boiling, au revoir and stay safe.